0: Hi, I'm Ashley McElwain, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Founder and CEO of Foundation Restoration. Welcome to Foundation Restoration's Real Talk podcast, where you'll find real people discussing real issues while offering real help at the intersection of clinical expertise and a biblical perspective. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome, 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 friends, to the latest episode of the Real Talk Podcast. As you may have noticed, we are a little behind schedule in releasing this episode. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with the original recording, and um, in the 11th hour realized that, in fact, it hadn't recorded. (laughs) So this is actually a re-recording of the original. But hopefully, in God's sovereignty and grace, there is a reason behind it. And hopefully it is worth a wait for for you guys. Um, so today we're gonna to be diving into intimacy and the concept of a deeper connection. The inspiration behind this topic. Um, is establishing that we really were and are created for connection. From the time God created Adam, we see that God knew we needed connection. In all of the things that he created, he said it was good with the exception of one thing that he said it was not good about, and that was for man to be alone. So God made a helper suitable for him, a woman. And God desires for us to be in relationship with Him and with others. There's something very incredible about the concept that God, the creator of all, desires relationship with us. And that He created us for that relationship. And that He also established the very first human relationship, which was that marital union. And so I believe that is the evidence That God desires for us to be in relationship with him and with others. And that marriage offers a very unique opportunity for connection, unlike any other relationship. Oftentimes, though, I think we miss out on that opportunity. To be fully known and fully loved is a gift like none other. And yet, it's a gift that can seem very elusive. It's this connection that can seem a little removed or um, sometimes just evades us. In this podcast series, I'm going to be diving into understanding how to cultivate that connection through intimacy. So if you have been following along with this podcast, you'll know I love my points. Um, I like to make points. I like to start with a why, and then I like to build into the what And so, the first point of today's podcast is that God created relationship. As I said in the beginning, we see in Genesis that God declared everything he made was good, with one exception, and that was for man being alone. What I think is really interesting about this, um, especially as I was preparing for this, as many times as I have read that passage in the creation story, what I thought was very unique. In rereading it in preparation for this podcast, was the timeline of God creating marriage and God creating man and woman. We see that He created all of the things and then He created man and allowed man to work. <laughs> he gave Him charge over the animals and all of His creation. And what I think is interesting about that is twofold. One, I think there was a lot of intention, right? Because God is the creator of all, and he is very intentional in the things that he does and creates. And I feel like he enabled us to see um, in this particular unfolding of the story that man alone working was insufficient. Now, I think God obviously knew from the beginning that wasn't going to be it. That wasn't going to be the complete picture. But I think the way that he let the story unfold was for us to see that our work and what we do doesn't necessarily fill the void of or the, the provide the fulfillment and the completion that we often look for um and i think that we as a reader see that insight but i think also god allowed adam to see that and experience that insight that hmm i'm doing all this i'm working on all of this i'm i'm given charge over all of this i'm working and toiling and hmm that doesn't seem like quite enough um And again, it's not because God makes mistakes. I think he was very intentional because we as human beings often have a tendency to feel that what we do is the most important thing and we are really good at busying ourselves. And so I think God let us see that the works of our hands, while good and productive, was insufficient. And so he paired it with the sense that we needed someone to experience that with, and that is what provided a fulfillment and a completeness um, and a purpose to some of that effort. Um, and so that is where, you know, we see that God says, it is not good for me to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him, and he creates Eve. And what I love is that when you're reading this story in the Bible and you come to Genesis two twenty three. Um, I love that Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And I could be reading into this. And again, the caveat and the disclaimer is I am not trained in seminary or anything of that sort. Most of my insights are gleaned from my own personal relationship and walk with the Lord and studying his word and spending time with him. Um, so some of these things right there, are just from my own gleanings, and I would encourage you to do your own prayerful consideration of the things that I say. I'm trained as a licensed marriage and family therapist, not as a pastor. Um, but again, these are just the insights that the Lord, I believe has laid on my heart in my time with him. But there's this sense to me as Adam is saying this, that there is excitement and enjoyment and Like, I just picture Adam saying this with such a giddiness. Like, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Um, And I love that God began to establish the concept of oneness in this, right? He took the rib out of Adam to create Eve. He could have created Eve the same way that he had with Adam, just with the dust of the earth. But he chose to take part of Adam And use that to create woman. And I think that's a beautiful portrait of how God already in that original relationship, that original human relationship was creating a sense of oneness. And therefore, it is important for us to understand God established this relationship and union of man and woman, calling it good. Um, And there was a purpose and a necessity like everything else God has made. Um, God is very purposeful in everything, and we see that down to a molecular level of um, the cells in our bodies. Everything serves this function, and, and it all works so beautifully together. And so, of course, God created the marriage relationship with purpose and necessity and intentionality. And I believe that he called husbands and wives to a deeper level of connection than any other relationship outside of our relationship with the Lord. And that deeper level of relationship is a oneness that we don't see God speak of outside of, again, our relationship with him, and, um, which we'll get into in our second point, but that God is a triune God. And I would encourage you some scriptural references for you to check out to dive in a little bit deeper, because like I said, um, this is about your relationship with the Lord and your, um, how the Holy Spirit speaks to you through his word. So Genesis 2, 24, Matthew 19, 5, Mark 10, 8, and Ephesians 5.31 are some scriptures for you to dive deeper into. The second point um, is that underneath that the fact that God created relationship is that we know God is a triune God. Um, it's God the Father, it's Jesus Christ the Son and the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1.1, Matthew 28.19, John 10.30. This gives us some insight into this trinity. But the concept that there are three completely separate but completely one unit, um, it's this incredibly unique relationship that marriage was created in the image of. Because remember... God says in Genesis, let's make him in our image. And so there was this separateness but complete oneness and union that the the Godhead, the three-in-one, the Trinity experience that God wanted for us to experience in our, um, in our marriage. So clearly if God had value such intimate oneness, we should too. Um, but it is mysterious, and it's powerful, and it's something that can— Um, be a little bit overwhelming at times. But again, there's this concept of separateness, but oneness. The next thing is that God desires relationship with us. The entire Bible is a powerful love story of God desiring us to be in right relationship with him. It's a pursuit like none other, where he passionately and completely pursues us even in our rebellion, our ignorance and sinfulness, when we were still his enemies, he died for us. What an incredible love. Can you imagine dying for your worst enemy with nothing but the deepest, purest of love for them? I am not that holy, so I cannot comprehend such love God seeks us out. He sacrifices it all for us. And the whole Bible articulates the greatest love ever shown, his great desire for an intimate, sweet, tender, beautiful relationship with us um, that knows no real beginning or end. And this is our model of love, our model of relationship, um, a passionate intentional, pure pursuit, no matter what. So I say these three things to say that there are many of us who, or there are not many of us, I'm not included. I'm not including myself. (laughs) There are many that believe marriage and relationships are not necessary. And the reality is we live in a culture that views relationships and the need for others often as a weakness we do not value vulnerability and we view that vulnerability and dependence on another and the desire to connect with another almost as a, as a weakness. We value and cling to our independence and we scream autonomy to all that it is so important to be completely independent and to need no one. And while certainly independence and autonomy are important, they have to be kept in check and in perspective. Um, And realizing that we cannot turn our nose up at the Lord's desire for us to be in relationship with him and others. There is a balance of a healthy dependence on others. And God God created us for that. Can we function alone? Sure. And there are those of you out there who are called to that, and I am not knocking that. And I know that we can talk about the, the passage that says it's better not to get married. I know that there are arguments for that, but there is also a profound argument um, to be made that God set up humanity in relationship. He didn't establish just one person by himself and say, hey, you got this. He created this incredible portrait of a man and a woman coming together, finding a contentment, um, amongst other things, which we'll dive into. Um, we see that he, he established that from the beginning. And so we cannot pretend that God doesn't desire for us to be in relationship um, and to have a healthy dependence on one another and in a healthy dependence with him. Those of us who choose to be married, um, we need to realize that he created us to yearn for an intimate oneness that's unlike any other human relationship. And I see this a lot in my work. And I know this personally. We desire to experience this unending connection with somebody that is unwavering. It's steadfast, and we feel so connected with somebody in such an impactful way. So that brings me to more of the what, which is my second point in this, and that is intimacy in oneness and what it is and our pursuit of it. Mother Teresa, um, which many of us are familiar with her work, working in some of the most impoverished areas of the world, seeking to care for the hungry and the homeless and the needy all around the world. She was known for that. And what's interesting to me is that she's quoted as saying that the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. As I just said, we were created to be loved and in community. And I think that this is so impactful to hear somebody who had worked with true physical poverty and so much need for her to say that actually the most terrible poverty that she encountered was the loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Relationships are a powerful conduit for healing, fulfillment, purpose, strength, growth, (laughs) lots and lots of growth, Um, health, and um, financial stability. We see there's so many statistics on the benefits of being in a marital union. And so I could list those all day long, but they are this powerful conduit for um, a whole plethora of things. And a marriage, in marriage especially, there is a deep need for establishing a healthy dependence on your spouse. Now, again, before you get all up in arms, um, I go back to how God is a three-in-one God with separate attributes and entities, but that function in a complete unison in oneness. And I believe that is the kind of dependence God created and calls us to in a marriage. And I believe that's what he means by two become one. We are two people. We we function separately, but we also function collectively in unison. Um, I get this imagery when I think of oneness of a body of water. A body of water is made up of tons of droplets, um, but I just think about how it sways and, and it moves together and... And it's interesting to me, I think about a wave, right? Where does a wave begin? Where does it end? It's kind of hard to tell, right? But what we see is that it emerges and it comes out and it peaks and it crashes and it's scooped back in and we don't know where that wave was, right? It's sucked back in to the ocean and it becomes part of this body again. And I just sometimes picture this oneness in a marriage, almost like two people working and functioning, almost like water, just these beautiful waves of sometimes as a husband, you emerge out and you, you kind of rise up and then you are scooped under and back in with your spouse and in this marriage and the wife then emerges and she kind of shines and steps out and does something and then she comes back in and there's just this beautiful incorporation of ebbs and flows and movement, fluid movement with one another. So what is intimacy? Many hear this word and think of sex. (laughs) Um, They think of the physical intimacy, and most don't realize that there are so many types of intimacy, and they're all vital, vital to a marriage. But overall, intimacy is a deep, meaningful, vulnerable nakedness that bonds us with someone in a profoundly unifying way. It's a secure, steadfast attachment to one another, and depth of being known that is indescribable. I'm reminded of Genesis 2.25 where the Bible says the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now, obviously, this was a quite literal, physical nakedness, but I also believe it reflects the inward nakedness that they had with one another as well. This concept of being completely bare And raw with their feelings, their thoughts, their inner workings that facilitated a freedom in the physical realm. So when we, and we'll we'll dive into this a little bit more, but when we are completely emotionally naked with one another and we have created and cultivated a climate of oneness emotionally, where we can be exactly who we are, our good, our bad, our ugly, and we can share anything and everything with our spouse with a, a security of knowing that they love us and it's a safe space to grapple with whatever it is that we've placed before them, highs, lows, etc., When we have that kind of nakedness emotionally with somebody, that's an emotional oneness that then spills over into a physical oneness where, of course, you want to culminate that kind of a connection into the physical connection that that God has given us to experience. And so, um, you know, again, a lot of people think of intimacy as just sexual um, and, While that is certainly a part of it, that is not the heart of it. Um, The real heart of intimacy is that being fully known and fully loved. Um, And that is the oneness. That is the platform for which we are able to experience all of the joys of the physical intimacy Um, And also where I think God uses us to be able to accomplish bigger, greater things for him because we have this incredible security of somebody in our corner, no matter what. That segues me into the types of intimacy that I'm talking about. And so, like I said, there are several types of intimacy to be known, to be cultivated, explored, enjoyed, and established in a marriage. The first one, which I equate to the foundation of a marriage, of a relationship as believers especially, um, and that is spiritual intimacy. That's quite simply sharing our faith with one another in a meaningful way. We each have an individual relationship with the Lord that we must cultivate and create and establish, but we as a couple also have to establish our a relationship with the Lord collectively. And again, this can come through a number of things, whether it's studying the word of God together and sharing our deep thoughts and fears and um, feelings about the word of God or about something we hear in a sermon. This can be something that, you know, it's praying together. Um, it is maybe serving together. And there's a lot of things which we'll, again, dive into a little bit more specifically to how to cultivate that. But the spiritual intimacy is our why. That ultimately our marriage is something that is to represent the Lord and we are to experience the oneness that is modeled to us in the Trinity. Even though we don't fully understand it, we do get the concept of you and I are one and we're inseparable and I am fully known and fully loved. And that segues into then emotional intimacy. And so like I said, the spiritual intimacy is kind of our why. It's the foundation. I also say to a lot of couples I work with, it's the plate. It is the the, the plate that we set the cake on. And the cake is our emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy is sharing our hearts It is with one another, it is the companionship, enjoying one another, enjoying things with one another, activities, creating and establishing a shared life together. What are we going to do this weekend? In a year, five years, 10 years, who do you want to be? Who do we want to be? What are our hopes? What are our fears? What do we want to create together? Um, It is the sharing of our deepest fears, our biggest dreams, um, all of our feelings, good, bad, the uh, the the ugly, the real and the raw. Um, this is where again it's being able to say we are doing things with intentionality and pursuit of one another each and every day. It is the enjoyment and the dependence of one another in the day-to-day and a lot of couples quite honestly, lack this. This is the side-by-side living, the parallel living um, where we exist, but we do not, we are not one. We are not entangled. We are not coming together, building together. We are not integrated as a unit There's you, there's me, and sure, maybe we're doing things together. We've got the kids, we're coordinating, we're running a household together, but we don't enjoy and take delight in one another. We don't have meaningful conversation. We don't share things that we wouldn't share with anybody else. We don't know things that nobody else knows about us. That is what separates a marriage relationship, is that ability to have that kind of Emotional intimacy and depth. And that really is the cake. That is the bulk of a marriage that is what keeps us fueled and going and connected and feeling that we are in something so purposeful and meaningful. This is this is the climate for a child to grow up in that they feel like that is what I want. My parents delight in one another. And if you think about it, again, we go back to our relationship with the Lord, and it says He delights in us. And we want to delight in one another. And that is the ideal in a marriage. That's that emotional intimacy. Um, in a marriage that we are striving for to experience a true oneness. And then that culminates into the part that y'all have been waiting for, (laughs) is the physical intimacy. Now, physical intimacy is actually broken up into two categories. Yes, there is the sexual physical intimacy, that actual coming together in that sexual encounter um, that is... Hopefully indescribable, that's a cherry on top, right? When we feel so connected, we know that we are, we have come together as a man and wife serving the Lord, loving the Lord, that he has bonded us together. We experience the oneness that we so deeply crave and desire. And then we have the enjoyment of that emotional intimacy and the day-to-day coming together, delighting in one another, um, enjoying one another, um, looking at one another with just pure love and delight. Not always, right? I mean, <laughs> no couple looks at each other with pure delight and desire at all times. Um, but it is that, that I am so connected to you and I feel so one to you. And so it, it has that natural progression into, I desire to have the physical act of oneness with you. Um, and then there's the non-sexual physical intimacy, and that is the holding hands, that's the caressing, that's the hugs, that's the sitting down on a couch with your connecting, in your physically with your bodies. It's snuggling up. It's um, enjoying physical touch without the ultimate goal of a sexual encounter, um, and. There is so much to be said for non-sexual physical touch, and it's often an area that's neglected, but man, it really can cultivate, again, that oneness and that connection, and it can fuel that sexual physical intimacy. And what we see a lot, um, I see this a lot with my work as a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I know a lot of people in our field see is that, that it's easy to look and say there's a sexual issue, um, as a couple. And, and the reality is a lot of times a sexual intimacy piece is rooted in the emotional intimacy. There isn't a oneness emotionally. There isn't a secure attachment between the husband and wife. There is not this, um, feeling that you are so fully known that you can be fully yourself, that you can share anything with that person. They are your person. And when there's that breakdown or there's just, sometimes it's not even a breakdown, it's just never been there. It can make that sexual intimacy piece very, very challenging because again, this is the cherry on top, right? This is the icing on the cake that it's It's not the substance. It's the realization of the substance. And when there is no substance in a marriage, it makes it very difficult to want to realize the substance of the marriage. And sometimes what we realize is there is no substance. And so we have to backtrack to try to establish some sort of emotional intimacy so that that oneness is experienced emotionally to then facilitate that sexual intimacy. All of this comes down to we were created for relationship and oneness with the Lord and with our spouse. That oneness is facilitated through and comes through a variety of intimacies that we must work out with our spouse and with the Lord's help. It's important for us to understand that our need and desire for one another and oneness is God given and we should embrace and fully pursue it. Vulnerability, connectedness, a healthy depend, dependence, a desire for oneness is what we were created for. And it's the example we have given to us by God as, a, as the Trinity made in his image with a marriage set up and established and created by him. So I am going to pause there because we are going to pick up in our next episode um, with exploring specific ways that we can cultivate intimacy in these areas, as well as exploring some obstacles we face in being able to cultivate that. So I hope you will join me back here for our subsequent journey into intimacy and establishing that deeper connection that we were created for. Well, friends, this concludes this episode of The Real Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad you did. Remember, you were handcrafted by God, are dearly loved, and greatly needed in this world. We look forward to seeing you back here next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Talk To stay connected, follow Foundation Restoration on Instagram and Facebook at FND Restoration or visit us at www.foundationrestoration.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to follow or subscribe and to leave us a five-star review so more people can find our show. Foundation Restoration is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry that believes marriage is the heartbeat of society and exists to equip, strengthen, and restore marriages through clinical expertise and a biblical perspective. Please consider supporting our ministry with a tax-deductible donation at www.foundationrestoration.org. Your gift makes programs like this possible. Thank you for your generosity and partnership.